Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out, episode 359, with special guests, the FPV Combat Crew. Um, you are joined by Curry Kitten, everyone's favourite. Hello, it's actually Cole. everyone's favourite Curry Kitten. It's good to do the order everyone's favourite Curry Kitten. Hello, that's the original, the best. Really, really specific about his title, Curry Kitten. Um, our social media wizard, Cole. Hello. And the guest of the show, our outside broadcast, and one of the inventors of FPV combat, I believe, Matteo. Welcome, Matteo. Hi. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for letting me here, actually. It's my pleasure. So, as you can hear by that rip-roaring behind you, Matteo is actually in a field and has been flying all day. Uh, actually, that was the purpose of the of the trip to here, and I am in uh, Model City, which is a beautiful place in uh, Czech Republic, and we are gonna we are having our very first uh, FPV combat camp meeting. So people from all over the Europe actually travel to this field here just to have fun trying to fight with the FPV combat system. Now, I know so, you were on the show a few episodes ago, but could you give us a refresher on FPV Combat? Yes, yeah, sure. Uh, basically, FPV Combat is a platform that was born uh, about five years ago as, uh, when I started the development. And it is a, a platform that will allow you to have fights based on laser tech technology, similar to laser tech te- technology. So it is based on infrared. And uh, basically, it will add the possibility to have dogfight simulation on RC models. And it can be used with basically any RC control model up until you provide a standard PWM signal. And uh, yep, that's basically it. There is the OSD integrated in the system that provides a few information to the, to the pilots, like MO, lives, and you can customize several different parameters to make the experience uh, a little bit more uh, immersive and addicting because that's that's why the people are here flying as you can see in the background yeah for, for the people that that are listening on audio podcast we can see a wide array of planes whizzing past Mateo's head in the background <laughs> fortunately you've got a net there just in case any of them come for you so i was wondering for an organized event like this, how have you have you organized it? How many people are going to be up in here at the same time? Are they fighting in teams or is there everyone against each other? How, how have you formatted it? So actually, it is a brand new category, this one, the FPV Combat. 
because so we don't have any standard. We are trying to figure out while doing it what is the best way to manage it. So we came here, uh, me, Bjorn, and Stefano, with some ideas. We had a, a baseline that I are trying to that we are trying to follow with some challenges. Some of them are based on the combat system itself. Some other are just uh, piloting skills, uh, performance, and basically we have about 15 pilots today, and we expect to arrive a couple of more uh, from Germany, I think, tomorrow. And yes, someone is traveling actually from Africa, so that was <laughs> an wow. impressive travel. <laughs> yes, so. Uh, there are some people that really are joining this uh, activity and we are really happy that this is kind of taking off. So we don't, we split the people in kits for uh, trying to get some uh, trainings, flying all together. And of course we, uh, we encountered a lot of difficulties because we have some digital pilots like DJI users and other are, for example, uh, on the analog. So we yesterday we spent most of the time just figuring out which was the best combination in order to get the best experience for everybody. Today was pretty windy, so we are basically starting to fly now that the sun is gone. <laughs> and uh, the, we will see how it will be because we can fly. Yesterday we were flying till it was like completely dark with only the moon in the sky. And that was really unbelievable <laughs> feeling. You can, yeah. So basically, cool. we will have also some dedicated challenges, and we especially tomorrow there should be a fox hunt challenge. So we will uh, make a, a kind of championship based on the game, which is integrated with the system. And uh, on Saturday, we are planning to make a championship only with the combat and also team fights. So we will build up some teams and we'll figure out who will be the best shooter. Cool. So what what did you learn from yesterday having sort of, you know, just sort of, I guess, put people on, up in the air? Did you did you find out what would work best when you've got a large meet like this and what, what didn't work particularly, which you thought might? So basically the biggest problem uh, we encountered yesterday was the analog and digital uh, mixing because even though digital is pretty clear and neat, it is also interfering with the analog systems and uh, especially on starting we are using raceband 5 uh, sorry raceband as a standard for every all the pilots so the channel should match basically all the system around even though they are digital or analog and uh, yes we figure out that basically digital user is better if they stay uh, if we assign the channels starting from 5 up to 7 8 that is the best uh, combination that we could find because probably the, the fifth channel is where they have some telemetry feedback somehow in any case. So it doesn't matter if they set up channel seven, they will also be transmitting a little bit and you will see the really yeah. traditional horizontal lines. From That's the, I think, the, was that the public channel? It's either the public one or the one by their request retransmission. Mm -hmm. Andrew uh, slash Frank used to be particularly good on that. So um, the FPV combat kit, uh, some people just flashed up links to the hardware, the micro and full size kit. 
Is that the same as when we spoke to you last time? Yes, yes, that's basically the same. It has, uh, of course, some improvement since last, uh, since the first time we we talked on here. So there have been some firmware release updates. When when I fixed some bugs, minor bugs, the system of course popped up during the usage of from real life <laughs> with all the people from all over the different environments will make different problems. So uh, yes, it's basically it, it is the same. It has been improved a little bit in its performances, and uh, yes, that's the same base kit. And we added also a few accessories actually from our last uh, meeting. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Then there are some really cool uh, accessories, especially the one that is I think most interesting is the uh, special effect board which is basically um, a board that you can stack on the main controller and you can drive directly out of the system some pyrotechnical effects. That's and cool. this is something that I don't know if you recently see some flight test videos where they were making some explosion on the planes. That was basically <laughs> FPV combat with oh, nice. the pyro board. Yep. And we are planning to use that here as well, but uh, maybe starting from tomorrow because we didn't have time to finish setting up everything. We've got nice. a question from Andrew asking about a 433 megahertz packet radio add-on. I was just trying to remember this. Is this the one where it, it basically forms its own network so you can talk independently? I think that's INAV radar, isn't it? No, this is something a little bit uh, simpler some, under some expect and a little bit more tricky to, to manage under others. Uh, it is a completely open network because I wanted the system to be as much plug and play as possible from any part of the world. So basically, you just plug these modules. They came with a standard configuration, and uh, um, they will they will not be the network. They will just uh, broadcast each module its information at a very specific time. So the system is optimized in order to limit the amount of information and just get the needed one. So you will not get a, a continuous live stream of data from any boards. You will just get some basic packet when you need when something happens like if somebody is shooting at somebody else and mm. the victim gets hit then you will have some transmission oh so this and is for a scoreboard sorry so is this for a scoreboard on the ground yes and it, it is used also for a scoreboard on the ground actually we have a, a user from sweden that he designed a commentator and it's a Basically, it connects uh, uh, one of those modules to the computer, and it uh, has some really interesting jokes and comments about the, 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 the match that is happening in the air. So like a player and nickname, I don't know, uh, Skybee hit, uh, uh, I don't know, Chaos and something like, like that. Like in Quake, when you used to have uh, player one, eight player two's rocket. Yes, 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 yes. something like that. He, and this is something that actually I'm really happy that user designed this because they they were so uh, happy with the system that they you spent some of their free time, they invested into designing something for the system to improve the experience. In this case, especially for DJI user, because 
at the moment there is no DJ, no OST integration for the digital system. Uh -huh, that's a good point. And how many people are managing to fly in a heat? Um, I suppose there's a question about if it's all analog or if it's a mix of DJI. I guess that'll make a difference. Uh, actually, we were five, I think six in the air today, and we were not experiencing so many problems. We had more that's troubles good. with the wind, actually. <laughs> it was really, really strong wind today. I, th I think six is pushing about the max you generally get. Even on ISM, is uh, you won't generally try and go for eight, would you? It's just too much hassle. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it sounds like a good number, actually. It's uh, a good balance point. Actually, already with four players, it's a good balance point because you can uh, start having fun and you will always see someone in your field of view of the camera. And we have... I think most of the pilots are also using head tracker system. And so the experience is even more immersive because you can really watch around, look for your I, I friends and chase them. I really feel you need some footage from the flight line. I'm just imagining all these four people all sat there, just all looking up and down and shouting at one another. I <laughs> yes. think it'd be really fun. Yes, <laughs> yes. There, there would be, but unfortunately, I, I wanted to make be able to make some uh, better live stream with the live view from the pilots, but we unfortunately my friend that has the uh, all the devices like ground station, DVR, and everything uh, is he should have joined us from Italy and he is sick now. He just got sick the day before leaving, and so we are without the gear basically to to make uh, to give a, a nice feedback now live. Oh, that's that's okay. a shame. Hopefully someone was going around filming some stuff and you'll at least have some bits and pieces on YouTube from different users and stuff. Yes. We so I think that would be really helpful to sort of show people its capability and things and getting lots of people in the air. <laughs> Actually, we also prepare some uh, accessories to make the experience even better and more immersive. For example, we have uh, three uh, HOTAS postations. So basically we modified some joysticks and you can sit on the chair like you would be on a plane and you can control your model while watching around with the head tracker and shooting at the other players. Excellent. And one of the best things that we tested, but not in the, during the fights yet, because I don't know, people got scared maybe, it's uh, that on some of these joystick, we attached some conductive tape and <laughs> Well, then we'll get scared of that. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. And basically, the uh, the the real time monitors. Uh, there are some boxes around here that you can uh, basically configure the, your ID, so they will listen to your the information from your plane. Basically, will shock you or make some other effects <laughs> according to which model you get, and you will get shocked basically. When but you get that's hit. a design lifted straight out of a Bond villains game, you know. Like there was a, a Sean Connery movie where the the villain tried to electrocute Sean Connery while they played a video game. Okay, I didn't saw that. <laughs> so you're, you're literally a Bond villain at this point. <laughs> yeah, the, and it's fun to see how people get shocked because the reaction is is absolutely natural. There is no fake. <laughs> Yes, I imagine that's very true. <clears throat> I hope you've got waivers from everyone. 
<laughs> I, we will post something for sure. Okay. Um, so someone was wondering uh, how big the field is, uh, how much space you've got to spin around each other. Okay. The, the field is an official flying field where have occurred. I don't know how big it is actually, but uh, just to give you a, a jet turbine model, which is powered by a 20 kilograms uh, thrust uh, jet engine. And it, it was flying today here. And there is plenty okay. space for There's lots of space. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. You can look for for it. The name of the structure is Model City, and it is in the Czech Republic. Yeah, it sounds so like quite a major for, place. Yeah. Actually, we can. There are bungalows, so we are all sleeping directly on the flying field. So we wake up in the morning with some jet turbines. Maybe that is idling on the on the landing strip or some, I don't know, five-cylinder airplanes, like three-meter wingspan that is warming up, just wow. ready to take off. And we are all here. That's a great feeling, like big family joining a great experience all together. So if, you have if there's sort of more traditional models there, have you managed to convert anybody over to the idea of this? Have they, have they been sort of quite excited by what you're showing them? Oh, this is Bjorn. Hello. <laughs> I don't know if you remember him from... Hello, guys. Hello. So he's the main tester, I would say, that yeah. he spent, like, uh, and also media maker. <laughs> he spent a lot of time in uh, promoting the system, I would say, and improving, giving feedback and getting people involved in it. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah, nice good to meet, meet you too. as well. Yeah. Hello, hello. I actually remember one of you. <laughs> That's from me. That was the only one here at the time. <laughs> so, uh, what have you been testing lately? What What other bits and pieces? So, what did we test? Basically, uh, not much because uh, unfortunately, it has been incredibly windy for the last uh, two days. So, we can barely fly occasionally oh. and we spent most of the time in fixing the models after crashing them so uh, <laughs> that was how we spent most of the time but uh, and the rest was mainly testing out some static target for example we have a, a plane you will not be able to see it now but um, imagine like a, a small biplane on which is fixed on the top of a fishing rod at about five Okay. <laughs> uh, on the top of the fishing rod at about, I don't know, yeah. six, seven meters from the ground. So people Did can... Did you also have gun turrets on the ground? Do I remember you talking about that last time? No, we don't have gun turrets. Uh, that was an idea. But actually, what we have now is uh, a gun that you can hold in your hand and shoot at the plane. So and from the ground. So basically, you just give the 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 gun to any participant or any person that is there. Like there were some kids here yesterday, and they were shooting from the ground to the flying planes when while battling. And the good thing is when uh, you see the plane that have been hit by someone, and, and the pyro goes you, off. Yes, maybe or the pyro, but mainly the. 
since the system can interact with the control of the model, for example, mm. it will force the rudder to, to shake. And so you will see the model that it has been hit by something. Like, and even though it was just a, so. a, a light beam, but the feeling, the impression is that you hit something and somebody hit you. So that was mainly we are just having fun till today because the first two days we decided to make mainly testing. And today we were making uh, training for the bomb drop challenge. So oh, we, bombs as well. Yep. Tell me more. Uh, this is a very simple challenge that we we thought would could be fun. And basically, there is a, a, a mechanism with a, a holder and a servo attached with some simple Velcro on the bottom of the planes. So you can move this device to each player that wants to, to join it. And you uh, we attach it on the bottom of it, uh, some spongy bomb looking. I don't know if you know, like, the, if you if you ever heard about the Nerf uh, uh, Vortex, Yes, something like that. Uh, very like small a size. Nerf kind of throwing dart yes. football thing. Yes, exactly, mm. something like that. So basically, it has also some whistles, so you can hear the bombs while they are flying. Like, and then they hit the ground <laughs> or the target. And so today we were uh, training pilots to, to get the target. So do you have a camera switcher and you have like a view out of the bottom of the plane and you have to... No, that's no? how, I don't know, uh, fighters in World War II should have oh, okay. used it. Thing. So you just yeah. have to figure out how to do that. There are some people, for example, that simply go very high and then dive straight into the target, releasing the bomb. Mm -hmm. And then they pull back on the, the elevator. And others simply uh, use the wind, the strong wing, to fly incredibly slow, so they basically approach at almost zero speed. Of course, much easier for the infantry to shoot them then. Yep, and you just release the, the bomb and you see where it goes. And then yeah, you I feel you need to you need to get the kids with the guns at the target, and it's like, okay, if you shoot the planes first, you win. If the plane hits your target, you lose. It's like combining the both. Yeah, but we couldn't shock the the kids, so. <laughs> it wasn't fair. <laughs> they're, they're quite resilient. It's fine to shock them. It's okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. No, but actually, yes. You should know, right? Uh, that's got to be experience. Yeah. Exactly. That will make you a man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so there's a question about the size of the planes. And that picture that you showed us, there was a wide variety of different sizes and you talked about jet turbines so how do you fight when you've got maybe a very small plane and a very large plane how does that work do you have weight classes mm -hmm. so we uh, no basically jet pilots are not using fpv combat because mainly they are not flying fpv with such big and expensive models and so this is uh, just another flyer that is joining the same structure at the same moment Okay. And we, we don't fly together, of course. Um, when we collected the, um, the, the tickets to, to join the event, basically, uh, I submitted a, a check-in form where I was asking what, what was the size of the plane that they were planning to bring to the field. So we basically have three categories. 
which are below uh, the 750 grams and uh, in the middle between 750 and one kilogram and a half and then over one kilo 1.5 kilograms and basically with within this weight all the planes are flying uh, are almost flying the same way so there are some models that are a little bit faster other are a little bit slower more agile but it is in generally speaking they have more or less the same amount of power the same uh, flight time available from the same battery so we are pretty aligned and also uh, what we realized after using the system since a while is that people of course don't want to install it on incredibly expensive models so it has to be robust uh, really easy to fix in case of crashes mm -hmm. because you will crash. There is no chance you will not crash with this. And it's not just because of the combat, it's just because there will be some mid-air collision. Everybody will try to follow, to chase someone. Literally, uh, half an hour ago, they were fighting five pilots in the air, uh, a few digital, other analog, and I could literally see the propeller of one plane in the middle between the wing and the tail of another one. Ouch. And it was, and we got it on DVR. I couldn't check it yet, but he was recording. So that's that was unbelievably clo close. Actually, the same plane was hit by another one, and he got almost cut in half the the wing yesterday. <laughs> yes. So when you, it doesn't matter how how much space you have here because we have literally we can fly for I think in a circle of five kilometers far mm. from each direction. But you're dogfighting, so everyone is in the same 100 meter space. Yes. Basically, yes. That's, uh, of course, digital users and heavier planes try tend to fly a little bit farther. And of course, because for example, the Comet from the German guys, they are models that with uh, ready to fly with the battery are over, uh, I think almost three kilograms. And mm. um, most of the other planes are just around one kilogram. And they, of course, fly in really different ways. For example, the Comet minimum speed is about 50 kilometers per hour. Mm -hmm. And with others, we can fly, I don't know, I think 20 is already in the air. So they need more space and they fly with the bigger plane. So, have, for example, a Focke Wolf, which is not at that heaviest there but it has some similar characteristics since it is actually 1.6 1.7 kilograms in the air so they have they are faster and they can pretty good have the same capabilities during fights what about so Ellie, a, any, sorry go ahead yeah I, I think it's coming on the same question as you Stephen we've, we've got a couple of questions about the types of aircraft used firstly is it all fixed wing are there any ground vehicles or rotor vehicles, uh, helis or, or quads. And a follow-up question to that was, is it, is it, what style is the plane? Is it your traditional tail and rudder or is there flying wings or is it a real mix of stuff? Okay. Uh, we, uh, I will start from the first one. We don't have, we have some helicopter here, but they are mainly acro heli and they don't fly FPV. With the drones, there is no one that's actually is flying with the combat on it. And basically because this group is mostly made of people that flies fixed wings. So um, 
in the future, I hope that it will expand a little bit more to the drone mm -hmm. community. But uh, of course, you have to think about the rules in a little bit different ways because uh, with the with the drones, you are able to aim and stop very easily compared to the plane. So the plane will have to fly in one direction. With the with the drones, the risk is that they will start just spinning around each other. Yeah, looking. drones should have a handicap. Or all, all drones. What or I'd really love to see is three three D drone pilots. That's that would be spectacular to see them dogfighting with three uh, D, you know, like uh, reversible motors. Yes, all quads can only use three motors. How's that for a handicap? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, basically we are all fixed wings, pilot, and um, they are mainly traditional wing planes. And the reason is very simple, because with fixed wing, the traditional plane has a profile that is more visible in the air. When you fly with the, uh, just uh, flying wings, the problem is when you are at the same height, they basically mm. align, and if you're flying Flat analog... profile, isn't it? Yes, it will be just almost invisible. So we prefer to use, like, bigger planes. We are all about one meter point something uh, wingspan, like 1.1, 1 1.2, 1 uh, 900 millimeters, something like that. And, uh, um, yes, they are all planes because you can see them very well in the air compared to the fixed wing. We have some fixed wing, but generally when they take off, they will just start killing all the others. So it will not really be <laughs> uh, fun for the other because it will be just trying to avoid a, uh, a little mosquito that is following everybody. Mm -hmm. Actually, I think that's going to look, look better on, on the head tracking stuff. When, when you've got a head track and you look over and you've got the wing there and you've got other aircraft, I think that always looks a lot cooler than just a simple, I'm flying a triangle. That's always yes. nicer. Yes, the feeling is way more immersive, actually, also for maneuvers. You can really look for the other opponents in the air. You, and something that we are going to try to make is also some formation flight. Uh, I think a big comet just took off. And yeah, <laughs> one of the heavy ones, I don't know if you can see, but here is basically night now. Mm. Uh, I think you will see maybe some lights in my background. Yeah, I just saw a streak of light go past a minute or so ago. It just looked uh, like should be, uh, Now you see just behind oh, me. One, yeah. Here. Here. There yeah. he goes. Yeah. <laughs> and That's pretty cool. We have no idea how he's capable of flying because he really can't see really a lot now. He's got one of those special cameras. Yes, but yesterday we checked that even though it was a, it is a digital you should see it again, yes. <laughs> and uh, so it's a digital yeah, uh, DJI flyer. It really? was wow. Yes. But of course, it was really dark. We had some lights on the landing strip. You can see maybe some blinks in the corner here. Mm. Yes, yes. Oh, I yeah, see the red. see one strobe down there, yeah. Blinking. So or two. You red, can, yeah. yeah. Yes, you can see also the plane there. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, it's so cool that this is an outside broadcast. Our audio viewers, we're, we're looking at the flying fields with some netting behind Matteo here and uh, the, the runway lights flashing and some brave soul up there just zooming back and forth behind him. Uh, <laughs> is, is the DJI camera not very good at night, though? I, have, I haven't experienced it. There's a yeah, range of them, but they're not great. 
Ah. Yes, you can see something, but for, compare, for example, I yesterday was using a Rankam O. I could really see way better than DJI user. My problem was the resolution. And since there is just grass around here, it's really hard to uh, get a better, a good idea about the height. And we, I was flying, oh, there is two of them in the air, I think, yes. They are two in the air now, so they are fighting, I think. The good thing in the nighttime is that the range gets incredibly high compared to the daytime, because, of course, there is no, not the irradiation from the sunlight. So you can shoot each other from about, I don't know, 60, 70 meters far. So from here, I could actually hit the planes with no problem with the gun. Cool. Excellent. Yep. That's interesting. But because of the sun, it actually it reduces the, the range abilities for the shooting, I guess. Huh. Yes, the sun is irradiating a lot of uh, light in the really wide spectrum of the electromagnetic uh, spectrum. So uh, the infrared is the problem because it is based on infrared. And of course, the noise, the the baseline noise that you have from the sun is reducing the, the range just because it's harder to filter the infrared LED. Mm. That makes sense. We yeah. can we have a pretty reasonable range, and that was one of the most tricky part of the project since the beginning. Because uh, when I started designing the, the system, my question was why it doesn't exist yet. So five, six years ago when I started, it was like, I can't believe nobody talked about this because I'm, I'm not a genius. I just don't believe that nobody talked about that. And then I figured out that the problem was to make it work in the real life. <laughs> so that was the tricky part of all the project because also other system around exist. They have decent performance but they lack on when they have to be reliable on shooting from far. And the shooting distance could be still improved here because we are not using any optical collimating system, any lens in front of the beam. So basically it is just the gun. The, oh, they're getting uh, close. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they like to chase each other, of course. <laughs> <laughs> So by putting the lens, you'll be able to, you know, narrow that beam and aim it a little better, right? So yes, yeah. yes. Actually, all, right now the beam is really narrow. We are talking about an opening of uh, about, I think, twelve degrees, oh. the the maximum opening. So it's really narrow, and hmm. that's why you can get a very good range in daylight. And also, there are some other details that I will not enter in. Into, but actually, yes, it is already pretty narrow. But even though it is a, a 12 degrees opening, at 10 meter it will be a big circle. So you can imagine that all that light uh, is not focused in one smaller point, and you will you are basically losing some of the shooting power just because of that. Kind of, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it is most con uh, the concentrate the distribution of the uh, power light is mostly in the center. So you have the feeling that is if you align the gun with the uh, sight in the OSD, um, basically you can you need to aim 
to get the shot at a very far distance, even if it, if it is not optically collimated, the beam. You have but to leave your close to the fire right? and you're more or less guaranteed to hit. Not really, because it's really narrow. So if the closer you get, the smaller is the circle. So you will need to aim in any case because it would be. No, you just have the power. Yes, you need to. You need to aim. It will not be like uh, maybe now when it's completely dark, you will get some easy shots when you are flying really close to each other or I don't know within the range of five, ten meters, not more. But uh, once you get a little bit farther in daytime, there is no problem. You you have to aim because you will not be able to shoot and hit the other opponents. And uh, in nighttime, of course, the distance will be higher because it will be harder to understand where, where exactly it is the, the other player. So in any case, nobody could complain about the, the aiming or the distance. And of course, improvement can be done, but you have to consider also that if you optically collimate the beam, you will get, uh, of course, a narrower beam, and you will need to be more precise in aiming. And mm -hmm. even you will have, of course, longer shooting range, but on the other side, you have to be more precise. And what happens is, basically, you want to find the sweet balance point between the range and the opening of the, of the beam, because uh, you are not really interested in getting crazy range because the range will, in any case, if you're flying analog, you will not see your opponent yeah. when they are over, I don't know, 30 meters, unless yeah. they are flying some very big models. And I guess the further away that it is, that, that beam is going to kind of you know balloon open, and then you're going to have to be even more accurate, I guess, right? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. That's correct. Interesting. We had one question there. Asking if this was a, a laser diode. I think it's just an infrared LED from the product page. What are, what are you using? Yes, it's an infrared LED. It's not a laser product. It's an infrared LED with a very narrow beam and that can be driven at pretty high rates. So I had a question for you, actually. If, say, you were to you know put some type of optical or like some kind of glass or lens in front of it, uh, do you have to worry about like lens refractions and, and it affecting the way that the beam gets put out or have, have you messed around with that at all or? Uh, we never did any kind of testing about that, uh, about the refraction of the light. We didn't experience any, any big problems because uh, we didn't use on the plane, but uh, back in the days when I was uh, making some platform for a model drone, which is a company in Italy, we that hosted a few events in in Italy and some fairs, and so we bring we bring the combat as entertainment system for for the audience actually. So there were some full scale cockpit and drones, and people could shoot at the drones in okay. the at the fair. And we built some uh, bazooka looking canoes, and yes, exactly, they were like big pipelines, like ninety. 100 millimeter in diameter. They were having. They we installed some audio system, amplifier, some vibration system to get the feedback when you shoot, and the, they had the ammos. So, and for in for that purposes, we installed also an optical uh, uh, collimating system. Uh, 
So yeah. uh, we got a, a really good lens, uh, about 90 millimeters in diameter, and we focused actually the beam at very far distance. So we had a very, just like 10 centimeter circle just shooting. Very tiny, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it was like about a circle like that. And that was all straight, like a laser of 10 centimeter in diameter. So you can shoot incredibly far with that one. But of course, it's not something that we are going to use here because you can imagine it was like pretty big. <laughs> yeah, and heavy and, and yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, not something you will install on, on a model. No. I made some experiments with uh, some focusing lens designed for lasers and uh, like very small. I could get some good results, but actually we never ha really had the need to improve the optical distance. The, the, so the, the shooting distance by optically improved the system. Yeah. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. This is also a great opportunity to collect the feedback from users because uh, we have we have some really active pilots here, and uh, so that's really good to get the feedback from them about their real life usage and problems. It sounds that... like you've removed pretty much all the bugs from the system now. Then is it in a final state, or do you think you'll do anything else? No, there is still margin to improve it and. About the, the basic functionalities, it's pretty good. It's, uh, it's working, it's uh, reliable. People don't, don't experience some many big problems. And I think there is margin to improve, for example, the customization of the system. For example, the OSD elements in the future might be possible to, to move them in the, in the OSD like you would do on a traditional OSD hmm. back in the some day. Some sort of firmware pro programmer that you could uh, connect to the computer or something. Maybe. The, okay, when everything started uh, a few years ago and the audience was a little bit different, and now we have a better understanding about who are the users that, hmm. is, that are actually using the system. And uh, so a uh, GUI on the on the workstation is not scaring anybody now here, and as it used to, for example, back in the days. And in any case, I want the system to be very simple, like plug the power, connect the trigger, and shoot each other and have fun without any configuration. So mm, you have to find the, the sweet balance point between uh, customization possibility and a sim simple configuration of the system and working out of the box because not everybody are getting all the features so for example here we are gonna play some also battles with the full telemetry modules so we will be able to have also some strategical uh, 
approach different approaches from other pilots because you can configure, for example, the shooting power of your system, the shooting rate, the defense level, and according to this parameter, you will be able to make more damage to other opponents or you can defend yourself a little bit more or it will be easier or harder to hit the so other. So if you have a very experienced pilot, so they can play with some new pilots and uh, it'll be balanced. I've, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> but they, you, will, you can immediately see who is the experienced pilot and who is not. And I, I am not one of the experienced pilots because I am most of the time improving the system and making testing instead of using it. And uh, so I mainly get the feedback from, from other pilots. And so you can see here how they fly, how confident they are when they make maneuvers, crazy maneuvers. This is crazy. There he goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely dark. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's the big one. It brings know. us to a question we've got in the chat here where people are wondering what cameras are these people running? Uh, they, they've got some kind of starlight cameras they're running, and what type of lenses do you prefer for, for dogfighting like this? I, okay, in my personal uh, thought is that you need to get a really the best camera you can get, like with good resolution and good performance with the lights. And uh, for night flying is uh, something that we are mainly experimenting right here. So in my case, I'm using a uh, good old uh, Runcam Owl and I was getting really good results, analog of course. And they are using some, I can hear some screams from, I don't know if you could hear that. Okay, yeah, we're getting all the screams, it's fantastic. We can still hear you though, so don't worry. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, the, up there, <laughs> they are fighting, and it's I cannot see anything. It's just dark right now, so they I don't know what they are doing. Actually, I just hear them. Sometimes you they're chasing see. lights. Let's hope it's uh, another plane and not a car. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a question for you about uh, maybe some of the game modes or the different things that you do on the system. Have, have you? I'm not sure if this is implemented in it or not, or if it's something you might do in the future, but. Have you ever thought of putting like, you know, once you get so many hits on someone, you, you know, you get an extra, um, you know, an extra type of, you know, gun or, or you know, as, as you get more hits, you get better sort of, um, you know, tools to use over time. So you have more of an advantage kind of thing or. Um, the we, I never personally thought about that. And that's why we like to collect the feedback from the people. Because, yeah. uh, for ex example, back in the days, a couple of years ago, when I first met with the German guys that uh, were mo mainly using the uh, system, yeah. uh, we experienced some, we tried to use the games and we realized that the, the joining procedure for the games was a little bit too complex, overcomplicated. And, the first time we had troubles just trying to join the game because I don't know it was summertime. Oh, they're gonna crash maybe. No. <laughs> so um, so it was like tricky because uh, I don't know there was the TBS guy with the incredibly hot uh, transmitter BTX 
and it was switching off the video, so he couldn't join this the game. He was missing that. So we definitely it was a good uh, occasion to get okay. This is not working straightforward. We had to make something different. So then I rethought about how to make it simpler and also DJI friendly. And so it gets improved, improved, and then yeah. So this kind of feedback actually is really good. That's a great idea to collect points and get extra. Collect points and get power ups. Exactly like uh, FX Node was saying in the chat. Yeah. The the fact is that the ideas are coming sometimes really often from very different part of the world. Sometimes they they come ideas that are already implemented and say, you should maybe start using the system first and then (laughs) you will get a better understanding Mm -hmm. about the capabilities. And um, of course, from the gamer community, there is some really good inputs. Most of the people who are playing now or used to play simulation game or video game in general, and so they also have uh, something to share about their previous experience in different uh, activities. So collecting points might be an idea. Idea, or for example, um, we talked about the drones and or fixed wing uh, racing wing, and that could be a possibility. For example, uh, to cut the power of a player when you hit him in order to let you boost your power, for example, and pass him. So that could be another improvement that is way more oriented for the racing, especially fixed wing, but also drones. Yeah, it looks like uh, Carolyn in the chat said, you know, maybe add shake in the video feed from the camera as your plane gets more damaged. That's already uh, done. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So actually... Yes, that's the rudder, the aileron, the throttle. You get damage, you you will feel it. And for example, there is a mode where uh, you can set up a specific value and override the input to a desired value. And for example, turn off the motor when you <laughs> lost your last life. I, I can just imagine all sorts of fun things. Like I think one of the good power-ups if someone collects would be everybody else has their controls reversed for like 30 seconds and just to see if they can stay in the air and survive. <laughs> that could be fun. Yep. That could be uh, on the other side. So I was going to uh, show this that they've actually got servo pass-through. So you can see that this is the, the full-size board with a beeper and there's a, there's a camera over here. Uh, so not camera. There's the the LED cannon, if you will, over here. No, that's the receiver, I believe, and that's the cannon part over here that shoots. But yes. you can see you pass through all of the servo pins, so you've got servo in and out, uh, which means that the servo values can be modified when you take a hit. So you can make the craft shake from side to side or up and down, or or lose a control surface effectively, make it work less. That's correctly correct. when you get hit or limit someone's speed i think is a good one as well mm. an advantage mm. to other people which is cool because it means um going from a normal flight controller it means you're not limited on your radio like if you're using crossfire and something you just take the pwm pin out of your flight controller and, and pass it into here and then go out to the servo so you're not restricted on what you're using there 
which is cool. This is so good because back in the olden days when we used to meet up, if we wanted to do combat, we'd fly into each other. And this would have been much more fun. We'd have got much better video than just suddenly you're going along, suddenly your video goes dead because someone's hit you and taken your battery out completely. Yeah, that's definitely something that you don't want. It's <laughs> first experience, at least. I like it a lot. So um, this this has been kind of your first big event. Uh, is this making you think about when to do the next one or are there other people going to do other things uh, different places around the world okay uh that's a tricky question because we don't know how it will evolve if this will be a annual event maybe in europe at least. yes so <laughs> people are excited about that actually the people which are here <laughs> so maybe in europe yes might be but the, the numbers are of users are still a little bit low because uh, we are talking about FPV pilots, which are not a lot in general. And this is more focused for fixed wing flyers. Because I don't know, it, I, I, that was the trend. I think. No, uh, actually, I, I would say we are we have a lot of warbirds here. Um, yeah, which, but fixed yeah, fixed wing warbirds, sure, sure. Um, and actually, we could call that the first. World Championship because we have guests from Africa here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. I'd encourage people to get involved. The kit seems reasonably sure. priced. Um, we've got the micro kit and the full kit, um, £35 and £45 respectively. And Hobby RC has stocks of the micro kit right now. Um, if people want to get involved, what, what's the difference between the micro kit and the full size kit? So basically, the standard size is a, a fully uh, ready-to-plug-and-play system. So you can directly connect your LiPo battery directly into the board up to, uh, as I remember, 9S uh, high voltage S. So that's absolutely no problem. And it has a local voltage regulator, so you will not get trouble with the shooting power of the gun and the OSD, the video. So this is designed to be worked outdoor to get the maximum range and everything is designed to get the very simple wirings. So you just have to solder maybe the power cable and that's it. And the video yes, section. And it's on 30 by 30 mounts by the looks of it as well. Yes, at the moment, yes. The micro version, it was designed to be used on tiny whoop or very small models and mainly indoor because uh, on the microboard you cannot place any kind of uh, uh, local power regulation because there is barely the space to make the controller and the OSD section. So you will not get the full power from the micro version unless you will pair it with an accessory that is available and, you, and it's uh, the high power driver. Will okay. Actually let you use the micro board and convert the the gun in the microboard to a standard full power gun. So you could use on small drones that can fly, I don't know, a three inches drone. You can you could install the microboard pair with the driver and then you would get the full range also outdoor. So it's gonna be a limited range, but it's very, very small by comparison. Instead of thirty by thirty, this looks more like a kind of 
10 by 20 sort of size? It is something like 15 by 19, I think. Excellent. 15 so pretty easy to fit in. Because so. there was an American guy that asked me, please make it smaller than 20. And uh, unless I will not be able to use in my tiny so tent. It's basically like a, a crossfire module type of size. It looks like, yeah. Or the mini micro OSD, the very old. So do you have any plans for indoor events as well? This one, half of the, the, the micro kit, which unfortunately is the only one in stock in the UK because the full size appear to have sold out. Yes, actually, there was a problem with the restocking. I couldn't restock by myself because the manufacturing costs got so crazy high that actually oh, the, only the controller... I would tell you only the controller which is used on that board costs now more than the price that people could purchase the whole system. Ouch. Yeah. So basically, I couldn't manufacture it because it was not, nobody would buy it for like three times the price that it used to cost before. Sure. So, so going forward, is there a plan to find an alternative controller, maybe redesign with a different chip or anything? Actually, one of the main things that has to be done now is to integrate the digital OSD on all the platforms. That is the first step. And in the same time, I'm thinking about moving to a different platform because with this one, we I basically hit the limit. I don't have any space for any kind of uh, uh, implement, additional implementation. I could make some code implement uh, code optimization, of course, but it's going to save just a small amount of memory and it's just not enough, not anymore enough. Not, for, uh, yeah, not at the moment. So in the next version, we might be able to see something like um, a system with integrated also the RF modules all in one place uh, with same size or maybe smaller with digital support. That is what is hopefully going to... That would be excellent. So you'd yeah. use like MSP DisplayPort or something and work with HD0 and potentially the DJI when they're hacked as well? Yeah, that would be the, the way to go. Excellent. Actually, with HD0, I already have something working, but wasn't able to release it. So it, it's going to take a little bit more time. Okay. Um, your your fellow pilot was screaming that this is going to be an annual event and people should prepare for the next one. Have you got any upcoming events for people who haven't been able to make it to FPV combat at Model City? Uh, no, <laughs> because actually we are coming from all different parts of Europe. Uh, there are only, I think, two pilots that join us from from local pilots and uh, they just join at the very end of the today for example they say okay we will come there and basically they are not even users of the FB combat system so they will install it tomorrow hopefully and they will start using excellent it tomorrow well that, that speaks to how compelling it is people just turn up and install it there and then ready to take to the skies and fight you all yes because actually we have like the masters here which are uh, really have a lot of experience with the system so uh, they can, you can help each other get some instant feedback about what is okay, how to do that, how to do that, what about the wiring? A guy today asked me, Oh, I would like to wire this kind of LED, they're not addressable, can I use them? I said, okay, yes, sure, we could 
show that we updated the boards. So that there was there is a really good uh, atmosphere here between the pilots because it's, everybody are here just to have fun and take the best from the experience. And they don't expect to be racing like crazy, but just fight and <laughs> the just have fun. Yes, now the so, stream. <laughs> if people have seen this and they think it's amazing and they want to get involved, where should they go? Uh, I think they should go on Facebook, of course. There is a great community which is growing up really fast and dedicated. So you can look for the FPV Combat Community Group on Facebook. There is the FPV Combat official page. And if you go on the website, fpv-combat.com, you will see also a map with the users basically around the world. And you can, I, what I'm trying to do is to collect the, um, the, some contacts from the people that are either interested in getting into the FPV combat community or already using it and to list them on that map so you can basically reach them out and figure out who is flying around the area and yeah uh, we have already some people that actually started flying together after they meet on the social uh, social center said hey i'm looking for a buddy to fly and then hey i'm here i'm waiting for you and then i don't know they started hanging out and have fights excellent so if, if people want have you gone through any of the flying clubs if people want to start having matches at their clubs is there anything that they should uh, they should sort out anyone they could contact to get their club involved mm, no at the moment there are no clubs involved we are happy that we found this place here that doesn't have any problem with the fpv flyers because Generally, FPV is not really well considered by the community of traditional loss uh, pilots. Mm. So we are happy that we are able to meet here. And we will see. It's really hard because, as I said, the numbers are not incredibly high. So maybe we could see something uh, to start working on its own fees. Uh, in Germany, for example, or in Austria, there are several pilots from that area. But, for example, I'm originally from Italy. I moved to Lithuania. I don't have many people to fly with. So in that area, I don't expect to, to get any big events in the next uh, future. So we have to find some places where to collect people and people has to be ready to travel a little bit because in my case it was 1200 kilometers and people from africa i, I will not even <laughs> count how far they are but yes they they are doing some crazy stuff as well also from sweden he traveled a couple of days to reach us if people want to practice and they don't have anyone to to fly against is there any sort of system they can set up so they can shoot things on the ground you mentioned so, bombing is there an ir target they could shoot on the ground uh there might be a release in the future some firmware for some do-it-yourself platform for a static target i actually at the beginning i started implementing a game which involves some multiple targets that people could have built by themselves and but that was 
to advance it for for the project that this was just it needs uh, to be a kit and simple yes. not a circuit board creation yeah. no it was not like a, it would be in just an arduino project so affordable for everyone okay. You just connect the sensor that could be also a uh, ready-to-go module uh, with infrared systems, something like that. But the problem is that it was designed for somebody that already is using the system and wants to get something more from it. Mm. So it's not like the entry-level user, the start approaching to right, the system. Right. If you want to, jo to use the system and you're alone, you could just simply use two systems one you can just power it up arm with the infrared remote controller and let it stand somewhere where you want and place some lights so it may be visible if you fly in nighttime or in daytime just put it next to something that you can easily find while flying and yep you can actually have fun also if you're flying alone of course, it will be better if you find someone else. And there are some projects that I was thinking about. Mm, I will not talk about that now. <laughs> we will see. There are some some good ideas that can be that are really possible to to make uh, to to realize, but that will require a lot of time. And at the moment, I think that the priority is to get the OSD for the digital user instead of focusing that on- That would be fantastic. I've got a lot of digital quads myself, so that, that would be yes. excellent to see. Yeah. Well, it looks like uh, Caroline in the chat just bought the full-size kit from TBS site. And okay. uh, so, so very cool. Uh, yeah. So in other words, you can still get it from TBS, even though other places may be out of stock. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where to go, folks. Over to TBS. Yeah, I think now there is uh, there are a few stores in the US. Also, GetFPV, I think it, it should have it on, listed on his website. And uh, you can buy it. In, always, if you are in the US, you can buy from the aerial system. We hope to see soon it in the flights in flight flight test store as well, but we are working on it. And in Europe, there are some flying machines, for example, in Germany, and other uh, dealers are listed on the website. And there is also the official store directly on the. Yeah, we website. should have plugged out the head. I didn't realize you had your own shop. Always talking yeah. about it being in stock here we are that you've got 83 in stock in the official fpv combat store so there you are let's uh let's put some money over to the project here <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't get held up in uk customs like everything else seems to i don't know <laughs> i already shipped some i think in the uk there was a uh, hobby hobby rc yep. i've got the uh They've got the micro one, but not the full size. But. Okay. So for full size TBS or the FBV combat store, um, they both seem to have some in stock for UK users. And for American viewers, I guess you need to look at the dealers list. There's probably like 20 different dealers in the US. So fbvcombat.com, there's a big old list of all the dealers. Actually, there. I think in the US, there are just a 
two or three maybe for sure video aerial system oh yeah and, yes. just list one actually you just list video aerial systems so maybe just uh, one in the us yes because i wasn't really worried about the others <laughs> i had the <a> distribution <laughs> with uh, <Yeah>. another <laughs> so it was a little bit trickier and to, to follow that so i list only that one because it was the, the official us channel is video aerial system very cool. At Excellent. the moment, at least. This is, it's wonderful to see the project doing so well. It's wonderful to hear the plane screaming past behind you and everyone clearly enjoying FPV combat and having a great time. It looks like it's finally gotten too dark and they've given up flying. It was I impressive that they carried on so the late. Line, the lights are still light up. You can see the green, oh. the green landing strip lights. And then we have also some blinking red lights. But, no, no pilots at the moment because they've all, uh, they've yes, all gone to they the bar. Are, they are hidden somewhere <laughs> behind that. I don't know. There, it's great to see the community somewhere. that you've built. I think it's it's absolutely excellent. It really is. And so I wish you the, the best of luck. I think we're drawing to the end of the show now. Is there anything you want to, to get in, Matteo, about the project or what you want people to know about the future? No, no actually, you have to try it and just try not to get addicted to that because that's addicting it's something like it's a great feeling when you hit somebody and you hear him screaming next to you because you hit him and he felt the hit it was it is like incredibly satisfying experience. editor sound bite <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right. Thank you so much, Matteo, for dialing in from the field and, and fighting through a Wi-Fi connection in the middle of an event. <laughs> yeah. Really appreciate it. And excellent to see your project doing so well. Thank you. All right. You have been joined by Matteo of FPV Combat. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Thank you. you. Curry Kitten, everyone's favorite. Again, the wrong way around. We'll have to Favorite everyone's Curry Kitten. Back. Goodbye. Cole our social media wizard. See you. And myself, Stephen. Thank you very much, and a huge thanks to all of our Patreons. We really appreciate the support you give us. Telemetry lost.